ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Some of the best elk hunters in the world. Across the canyon, pop up the other side, and the wind is right at my back and blows right into it. I cut him off and say, I'm the best one, not you. I love it, man. I feel like I'm super blessed to call myself an elk hunter. To beat them at their game, to get them within that bow range, convincing them that I'm one of them. you got to close that distance really quick on him. And if he's going to engage that much, that's a dead bull. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast. Sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion. Pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. Let's see if that little red button works. There we go. All right. So... I'm on with uh, the infamous Rocket Man, <laughs> Jared, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Garrett Weaver, and uh, Jared Newman with Hunt League. How we doing, gentlemen? Doing good, good, good. Yeah, I appreciate you having us on, man. Yeah, as uh, as always, man. That's likewise, man. Um, it, it it's funny because I, I think we I, I probably shouldn't repeat myself, but. You know, from where Garrett and I stood shaking hands to as many episodes and DMs and, and sh- you know, shit talking and whatever back and forth, man. It's pretty cool. I always enjoy sitting down with you. And then I've been really excited watching as as little as I participate. And I apologize, Jarrett. Um, it's, hard, it, it's hard to get me on that fucking phone when I'm in the woods. Um, but I've really... I've really, really enjoyed seeing the growth of Hunt League and how, how far it's gone um, since you and I first talked. And I think it's been two, two and a half years now. And it's just been yeah. a phenomenal, for me, it's, it's always nice to see people grow and succeed at whatever point they are in something that they're passionate about and an endeavor that they're, that they're undertaking, man. So big ups on that, dude. It's just been a, a great thing to watch Huntley grow and see it spawn and gain traction, man. Well, thank you, guy. I appreciate it. It's been a ton of work. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I know. You know, when I see the stuff and we had talked, you know, uh, before season and getting it all that together, and then I get out there and I go, fuck, 
<laughs> and I always, I always feel bad about it and I'll start logging and then I'll fall off. And man, when I'm in the woods, like I'll take cameras and everything else, dude. And it's just like, I get in the woods and I don't give a flying chili bean fart about anything but being in the woods. I was pathetic last That's not year. That's a bad problem to have though. Yeah. I mean, just, just even hitting track on hunt league or base map or any of that stuff right like last year i was that was my worst year ever with it you know and every once in a while i'd pull the phone up just because you just because you feel like oh i gotta do this you know and uh, that shit is getting thinner and thinner when it comes to that social posting but i'll get better at some point (laughs) (laughs) so you know you guys uh with all that being said right last year was a, a in my head a pretty big growth year for hunt league and it really looked like i mean you know it was it was damn near in the parking lot for all intents and purposes uh with the traction it got with the exposure that it got the participation it got um really from the outside looking in and i'm sure you wanted more um but it really looked phenomenal last year and then to see you know the guys that were on there really getting it um and and it's weird because it's a competition but it's not right it's just sharing an experience and somehow that stacks up against somebody else's right it's just sharing that experience in a different venue man and it's just bitching to watch it what's what did that feel like for you last year man i'll tell you it was i don't know if it was it's probably may of last year where i finally introduced like what we call leagues in the app. Like, you know, the, the app was called hunt league since the beginning, which I I think, you know, the beginning for me, like the first time I actually had it on my phone, like nobody else had it was going into the season of 2018. And that was like the full like beta test, like where I was. And I mean, it was so rudimentary at that point, but from the beginning, it's been called hunt league but there wasn't leagues in the app at all until, you know, right heading into summer last year. And that's when, that's when it was just like, Oh my gosh, like I've been working at this for like four years and I finally have, but like, you can't just have leagues without building a foundation. Like the foundation is the journaling aspect, capturing your story, all that. So I was really the first couple of years, it was all about, how do we capture the story of a hunt like in real time, like while you're on the hunt, like, you know, when you see an animal, so you log, you know, what time it was, you can take a picture, you can, it's connected to your map, all of those things. Cause that's super helpful to like, look back on, evaluate, make decisions. What are you going to do different next? That kind of thing, you know? Uh, so I had to build that foundation first and there was just brick upon brick, laying a foundation, laying a foundation, laying a foundation. And then finally getting to see leagues, launch and honestly it was a podcast with Garrett that kind of spurred and I think we did that July because it was like yeah. two weeks later or something it was like hey let's do this content creator league it starts August 1st and so we were <laughs> we were talking about it and at, at that point it was like nobody could like create their own league or do anything like that it was just uh you know I had like an outdoorsman of the year I wanted to do a Western hunt league, a waterfowl league, that kind of thing. So I had put those in and Garrett was brand new to the platform. New eyes was looking at it. He's like, well, wait a second. Could I do a league with like me and my buddies and like invite people that kind of follow our world to like jump in that league. And it was like, 
on the podcast live, I'm like, uh, yeah, well, yeah, we actually could do that. Yeah, we could do that. We could, and kind of helped expand like just the vision of it. And I mean, that really kickstarted, you know, some stuff last year that man, like looking at things right now, where we can go with leagues, it's just the traction, the conversations I'm having, the biggest hangup for like why there's not even more leagues in there right now is I'm still waiting on Android. You know, like still waiting on Android. That's the biggest. That's crazy hurdle. because that's in been a hurdle universe. from day one. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, I I have literally spent tens of tens of thousands of dollars and have very little to show for Android. You know, like it's 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 in process. Like guys that have been holding out, uh, you know, are the wait is coming to an end, but it's going to be a slow start. You know, it's like, again, like Android, it's going to be a, you got the foundation blocks. And so I think by the end of this year, they'll have all the pieces, but I think by this fall going into this hunting season, they'll be able to log hunts, you know, and if they, as long as they can log hunts, then they can jump into leagues and jump into that stuff later. But all of the hunts that they log will count, you know? So long answer. No. But it, it's been exciting. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Even the new elements. I mean, I sent an email today about some conservation components that we're putting in, some being able to score like 3D archery events, target shooting, those kind of things sweet. are getting ready to be added. So there's a lot of stuff in the works right now where it's just, I mean, for the, the outdoorsman, it's just an unbelievable platform. That's bitching. And I saw, I saw in that same email, there's a, little bit of connection with the mountain archery fest with Brandon Waddell and, and his, uh, and his event. Absolutely. So I, I connected with Brandon at a Colorado Boners association banquet just a couple weeks, a couple ago. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, anytime I have the ability to kind of connect with a Colorado based company, not that it like means something if you're from Idaho, Montana, Utah, that kind of thing, but like, if there's a Colorado based company, it's just like, man, let's talk. If there's a way that we can kind of make this work, I would love to, uh, I would love, like if I'm shooting one of those events, I would love to be able to keep track of my score. I'd love to take videos of some of my shots. I'd love to add pictures to it. I want to journal my experience. And I said, I think if we looked at doing this, like we could have a leaderboard and scoreboard that you could see potentially like in real time. So like if you and Garrett were shooting the course and you're a couple, you know, holes or targets ahead of me, like I can see, all right, what a guy shoot on this target. And I've got a oh, chance. That, like, yeah, I'll be bitching. I mean, it just gives you so much more. And then the other thing is we can create a league around it and go, most of those guys that are shooting 3d events, they're, they're prepping for hunting season. And now you create a mountain archery fest league and, you know, Brandon has the ability to shoot out, an email and say, Hey, we're going to do a cold shot challenge this week. You know, send in your a video, send in a score, say like, all right, you got to find something. We're going to shoot a 42 yard cold shot challenge. Go, go take the video, shoot it. You can post it in the league. You can stay in touch. You can do stuff, seeing everybody's season through the year. You could pick a winner at the end of the year that might win, you know, a weekend at mountain archery fest for the next season. There's so many facets of like, so you're not just making mountain archery fest a one weekend event with just you and a couple of buddies, you're making it a family that stays connected throughout the year. The guys that you meet there and saw on the mountain, now you get to follow their season and stay connected, looking forward to like, you know, next year's shoot. That's so badass. 
Oh, I mean, super cool stuff. Disclaimer is you sons of bitches better not be cheating on that cold shot challenge. <laughs> I know some of you guys are stabbing that damn arrow in that target. <laughs> they, might have to, they might have to video that one. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean it's their first shot, man. We're, yeah, we're, right. we're pretty, we're pretty short when it comes to winning on that kind of shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So we'll, we'll I want to back, I want to back up just a little bit. Um, but thank you, Jared. So bear season is either underway uh, if you're if you're you know out chasing spring bears uh, or about to start in some states. Uh, for me and Jared here in Colorado, we are uh, remanded to Turkey. Uh, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn elk birds! Um, I almost yeah. don't. I almost don't even want to say that because the the nuances are so uncanny in some instances but anywho so you know with Garrett being on um and, and I'm a little biased right Garrett's my friend but I'm not so biased that I'm a bullshit Garrett is one of the most underrated hunters period um around I mean you know as far as I'm concerned you know watching Garrett's post and seeing the people that Garrett helps in the field and their success translates in my head to what kind of hunter he is, right? I mean, it's not always about notching a tag as much as it is. Um, so anyways, I could see his head, his hat's getting a little tight there. Um, <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> which is total bullshit. Um, but no, I, I really want to pay respects where respects are due, right? And I, and I pay attention to everything. Uh, and I've seen it over the years, right? Before I before I knew Garrett, I was following Garrett and watching what On Point was doing and watching the videos and you know seeing the post. And to this day, I mean, I don't. There's there's a lot of people that do it, but but Garrett does it very well, and he does it with humility. Um, I digress. So let's get back to bears. <laughs> uh, I, I really well, think, thank you for the nice words. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's I, not. I do appreciate it. That. It's legit words, not nice words. Um, but man, you. Every, every bear season, you know, bear season after bear season after bear season, dude, you're on bears. Um, you're laying bears down. You're bringing folks out that are laying bears down. So I want to talk a little tactics. And then one of the things that I think folks have a hard time with is judging bears, right? Ground shrinkage is a big, big issue. I know Happened that this year already. Yeah, I know that shit <laughs> firsthand. Um <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah. First bear of the year we got, there was a little bit of ground. <laughs> what just give us, give us some of the nuances, man. What leads to that success? Uh, time in the woods uh, is a direct correlation to the, the success and the amount of success that you will have. So the guys who are out putting in the work are the guys that are out filling their tags. So I was out in the woods and I've been tracking my scouting trips on here on, on the Huntley gap. Cause I want to know, cause there were some guys that I was competing against last year that I'm like, dude, they're in the woods, like 200 and something days a year. I'm like, I don't know. That's, I don't know how it's possible, but I'm probably in the woods 300 days a year. Who knows? Like, I, I don't know. I'm going to find out, you know? And, um, but the guys that I know that are the best hunters, they're in the woods every single week, period. It's not even a burden. They love to be in the woods. And so, you know, I started um, really trying to find more reasons to get 
in the woods. So trail cams, I always made a fun of trail cams. I'm in the trail cam game. Now I went from having one to five in like the last two months or three months. And so, um, I've got trail cams that gets me a reason to go out and, and scout and check things. And, and I'm constantly looking for different things and, and, um, time in the woods and, and effort put out, um, during the off season will directly correlate to success in the season. You start seeing these bears and you start taking mental notes of why is that bear there? What time of day was it? How often am I seeing bears there? What was he feeding on? What direction was that slope? There's a lot of stuff that really starts to go into all these things. And then these bears will start showing you pictures of the puzzle. They're telling you where they want to be, right? Like it's pretty freaking obvious. You can say, follow the feed. Well, that's pretty obvious, but what are they feeding on that time of year? Because from the beginning of April to the end of April, it's changing from the beginning of May to the end of May, their habits are changing again. And it's just, it's almost every couple of weeks, you got to kind of just change gears a little bit. And so all that comes with, with just experience. I've only really got into bear hunting hardcore in the last six or seven years. I mean, I went from like, I, I found a bear week or a few days before season one year. And I'm like, I, I want to go kill that bear. And then opening day, there it is. You know, I, I got lucky and that just set off the, the, you know, that was the catalyst of like, this is freaking awesome. And then I went full board. You can kill three bears a year in, in Oregon. And, um, so why not, why not? I mean, we need them gone, not gone, but we need to manage better. So, um, you know, to answer your question, you know, put in the freaking work it's hard work. It is hard work. It's not always fun hiking my ass up hills that I like, I posted a stupid video of me the other day, hiking down a cliffy little hill and my leg was caught on a, on a, on a brush. I don't know if you saw that my foot was caught on a brush and I took a video of him. Like no one's going to really appreciate the predicament I'm in right here. Cause if I fall, I'm falling like 30 to 60 feet, I'm gone. And I'm like, just trying to get my foot off there and, and, and the phone flattens everything else. I don't think anybody really appreciated it, but I'm like, you know, how big of a pain in the ass that was to go hike. Um, it was a quarter of a mile up about a grade like that. And I'm not joking just to go check a trail cam, get skunked three times in a row oh. and hike back down. Like that's, that's not fun, but that's, what's going to kill me a bear, believe it or not, whether I kill the bear in that spot or not, that, that mindset is going to kill me a bear Absolutely. because I'm a dog on a bone. And so, um, you know, I, I think that there's, there's, you know, I can get into the, a lot of the dynamics and stuff, but that mentality right there will kill you more bears than just saying, follow the feed or whatever, because if you are that dog on a bone, you're going to freaking figure it out. It's just a matter of time. Unless you're completely oblivious to what you're seeing in the woods, you're going to figure it out. So hopefully that kind of answers the question. No, it does. I can, I can get into the specifics, but that mentality, I think that mentality right there, the mentality is people want the easy way yes, to success. There it is. And, and, and if you want to get on bears, like I know guys that are way better bear hunters than me. And I, and I, and I, I freaking pay attention to those guys and I'm asking those guys questions and now they're asking me questions. And it's like, well, Hey, I thought, you know, we're all learning from each other. No one really has an ego. It's like, well, you're seeing bears. I'm not, we had that conversation last year with the bro guys. I was in the bears almost every day. And they've like for first two weeks of season last year, they got skunked. And like, they're asking me what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm doing what I normally do. And then I opened my fat mouth and I'm like, well, let's, uh, whatever. And, and then I went like four or five days without seeing a bear. And then they went on a tear 
you know, they put like four or five bears down that week. And it's just kind of funny, but, um, you know, they were putting in the work too. It just, it's just the law of averages will work in your favor if you put the time in. And if you're not seeing bears, then, then, then change areas. You know, it's really, it's really that simple. That, I mean, changing areas is, we all struggle with it, right? We, we get, we get hooked up or held up on an area, whether that area is, is producing what we want or not. We'll get pig headed. And it's just like, why the hell am I still here? I ain't seen anything. I ain't seen a deer. I ain't seen an elk. Yeah. I've seen coyote and bobcat scat. That's about it. You know, uh, bump in that area. What, what kind of time would you say you would put in before you say, you know, I'm out of here. I'm moving on. If I go to an area and, and granted, guys don't do this, but something that I have started doing. <clears throat> um, so if I'm going to an area and the bears just aren't there, there's going to be a reason there's either not bears there or they're just there when I'm not there and I need to hit it at a different time. So if I keep going there at the same time every day, seven o'clock, an hour before dark, and there's no bear there, well, maybe you're not on his schedule. Maybe he's a morning bear. Maybe he's right at, you know, right at dark, or maybe he's a four. The bear we saw this year in shot, Brad shot was four o'clock in the day, right? And then, and it was out feeding. And I think it was dead at 445 when we finally put a bullet in it. So it's like, you know, how long was that bear out feeding before we even saw it? Mm -hmm. So, um, and it was in a, in the unit that was the worst looking unit. If you had to pick out of all six units that we could see at the time, it was in the worst looking unit. Right. But I've hunted that spot before. And that's typically where we see the most bears is in that unit. And it's like, why are they in that unit? Well, there's something in that unit, those fresh, um, grass sprouts or whatever it is. It's, it's, they like that spot. They're telling you they want to be there, even though the eye candy is where you're standing and they should be here in this unit, they're over there. And so, um, don't get hung up on where you think the bears should be. If you've hit a spot two, three, four times, make sure that you're not hitting that spot at the same exact time every day, change it up as much as you can change it up. Because if I'm not seeing a bear and, uh, like there's, there's one bear that my buddy found, uh, last Thursday and now we've now hunted him for four evenings. He saw him right at dark and he has not been back out yet. And he's not been spooked off. So we're thinking, is he a nocturnal bear? And he just came out early. Is he, what's he doing? Why haven't we seen him again? Cause they're pretty habitual this time of year. And, um, so, you know, we're, we're starting to go earlier in the day. One of us hopefully will go in the morning. We're going to try and figure that bear out. It's about the size of the one I missed. And, um, it just, you know, it, to answer your question, if I don't see a bear in a spot, um, it's really hard because maybe the feed just isn't there yet. And next week it is maybe uh, a boar is moving into that area. Um, maybe who, who knows, maybe there's a big boar in that spot and that's why there's no bears in there. And you just haven't been there at that same time. And if you have those questions, why not walk your ass in the edge of the unit and find his poop? If there's no poop there, I'm done hunting that unit, at least for a, two, a couple weeks, right? So that's where guys fall short. And Brad and I have really, I've really been hammering that this year. It's like, if I think there should be bears here and I know everything looks good, historically, I've seen bears here. Why not walk the timber's edge? And that's something I picked up from Steve from bro. It's like, man, you know, that's a really good point. I should probably start doing that. And it will either will really quick validate why you're not saying bears there, or it will tell you why, um, 
you know, either they're not there or they're there. It's really simple because they will leave droppings right on the timber's edge or just inside the timber's edge. And I'm talking within a hundred yards of the timber's edge, probably realistically 30 to 50 yards. But, um, and it's like first season or uh, last year, my buddy shot a bear first week, first couple days. And I've never seen a living animal in that freaking unit. And it was like a two-year-old unit. And, um, he tells me he shoots this bear over there and I'm like, right on dude. the first, first one in that unit that we've seen. And you go down there and you're like, nothing's been in this unit. But when you got about 200 yards down off the landing, it's like landmines everywhere. It was like, this guy was living in here. No wonder why you saw him. So, um, just by, like I said, putting in that little extra effort, putting in that work, you're either going to validate, uh, why you are or aren't seeing the bears. And it literally will save you evenings of sitting there. If you just walk down in the unit a little bit. So work. I'm, I, I, and I, knowing you, this is going to trigger you and you brought it up. So don't blame me. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> me, me missing the bear. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, you're, you're not going there yet. Okay. <laughs> Garrett went there. I wasn't going there. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Uh, he was going to shit on good. everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way to prove you wrong. <laughs> so, you know, we've seen it right in the last year and a half, two years, but in the last year and a half, right. This, this argument, that we shouldn't be hunting bears, right? Um, has just been full force from the opposition, the antis, HSUS, we'll just call it what it is, right? Um, bear management, predator management, wildlife management is an absolute necessity. We cannot pretend in any way, shape, or form that we can take a laissez-faire approach and not have a detrimental impact to be it elk herds, deer herds, the, the bears themselves that they say we shouldn't be hunting mountain lions, et cetera, et cetera. What's your, what's your take on it? And we'll get into it a little bit later. Um, but what should we be doing, man? Because, because for too long and we're getting better, but for too long, we've been a, stagnant bystander in defending our rights and standing up for wildlife. What should we be doing? We should be going on the offensive and putting these cocksuckers on the, on the back heel here, because we have the science, we have the facts. And the, the only thing we don't have is the commissioners. We don't have the people on the boards. Those are usually in our state. They're selected by the government, the, the, governor, the governor who is a liberal and they're going to put their liberal buddies on there. And I'm sorry if you're a liberal, your party fucking sucks for hunting, you know, own it. it you know, a lot of conservatives aren't the friendliest for, for, for land. You know, they, they're, they're, they're very capitalistic. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not like I'm just saying one, one side's worse than the other. Although I, I would tend to lead one more than one way than the other for sure. But you know, if, if, you are pissed off about it, then you need to recognize the problem is the people that you're putting in the office is step one. You're, you're doing the wrong thing there. And I've actually proposed on my local board here, I'm on the local um, Oregon Hunters Association. And I actually, I've got, um, I'm going to do a podcast and I've been prepping for it for a couple of weeks now. And, and that sounds impressive, but really I've been so busy. It's only a few hours worth of prep. Um, I've got all the statistics of why we lost um, in 1994. I think whatever measure that was, um, in Oregon with bear hunting, why we lost the, the use of dogs and, and hounds and stuff. And, uh, 
the people voting on it, we lost it by a narrow margin, but we, we lost that fight because we lost that fight. Not because we got outvoted just because we didn't show up and support each other. And, and because there's a lot of misinformation out there, you'd be surprised that there was actually a pretty good small, um, I want to say like 5% of the population that thought the bear's main diet was fish in Oregon. I was like, uh, and you're voting and you're voting. It's a salmon <laughs> runs, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and your vote counts as much as mine does. Okay. Perfect. And, um, you know, it's here, here's the deal. Science, um, science really doesn't matter. It, you know, I think that's pretty obvious science <laughs> in, in today's society doesn't matter. Social it, it's feelings does. and emotion and social science, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, you can have all the facts and the commission still won't listen to you. The boards still won't listen to you. They're going to go with where their political leanings and their hearts lie and where they get the most pressure from. And um, so why not go on the offensive? We don't, we're not going to lose anything, right? We're, we're only losing stuff because we're on the defensive at all times. Mm -hmm. So if, if we're just like, I, I have a bill or a petition I want to put forward that says, why don't we bring back hunting with dogs, period? And then what we could do from there, and maybe I shouldn't give this strategy out, but maybe um, what we should do from there is bargain our way down to saying, let's just do it on private property because the, the public doesn't want it. But what I do on my property shouldn't be controlled if I'm trying to have an achieve or a goal or whatever objective I'm trying to achieve for the wildlife on my property, let's make a private land hound hunting bill where we can manage and do what we want on our own freaking land, which we should be able to do by the way. And that would be probably the number one thing that we have done in the last almost 30 years in Oregon. I know in Oregon personally, because that would also include timberlands that would also include it's all good. So why um, seventy one thousand acres right outside your back door? Yeah, we have one hundred seventy one thousand acres right there of private timberland. Most of the area in this whole area right here is private timberland, and that would be such a giant win, such a giant win. And it's it's just encroaching, right? Like if it's just that frog in the boiling water, but it's we're starting to finally cook it back down. We're just taking back ground that we've already lost. And uh, I, I just think that we're maybe trying to grab too many rights back too quickly, um, even though I agree with their, they should be our right to do so. Um, we lost that and we're we've already tried to get it back and we got to try something new. So I don't know if that's what you were looking for, guy, but um, if, if that's even where you wanted me to go with that. Um, but that's what we need to be doing. We need to be managing these bears. And if people are saying you need to manage cougars, but you don't need to worry about bears, then that, that person just tell them to shut up. They don't know what they're talking about because bears will make a cougar kill more often because they will scavenge or claim a cougar kill and where a cougar would kill every, you know, they say seven to 14 days, that's going to go down to five to 10. And so, or, you know, I'm giving you ballpark numbers there, but that, that's, that's science that, that stuff is out there. So if you are worried about the cougars, you should also be worried about the bears. They go hand and hand in glove because they do coexist. They, they, they live in the same areas. They compete for the food, the same food, especially post-mortem. So cougars don't like rotten meat. So they're going to go out and go find something else. And it's just, it's just hand in glove right there. You can't, you bears and cougars are so intertwined that you need to really 
really think about managing both of them together because one will cause the other one to predate more on the ungulate population. What, so. what is that quota? When's the last time Oregon filled quotas on bears? I don't know if we ever have. That, that's, ever. that's the answer I wanted because, I mean, you know, California, same thing, right? The quota hasn't been met in years, in years. And they're they're trying to throw more and more restrictions on it. Um, yeah. There's no, you know, there's no spring season. There's no hounds. There's no this, yeah. no that. Uh, here in Colorado, uh, there's no spring bear. And a lot of our units uh, have a please add on a bear tag. Uh, because yeah. of that. Right. And, and there's a reason that they do that. And that's numbers, right? Those numbers are driven by biologists and the commission. Um, and they need to be met for a healthy population, not just of bears, but of their prey right. species. It's crazy, man. So, well, I, I can uh, tell you that, that guy, that you and I are probably actually a part of the solution. And I know that sounds self-serving and douchey, but hear me out here. I saw can do I have, uh, I was going through my numbers. No one's no one's ran numbers like I have um, that I've seen. There's not, there's nothing on the internet. And I'm scavenging for them as I'm talking to you here. Um, you can see how many studies I've been reading here. Um, and if you go back and you look at the efficacy, and I'm calling this the basically the efficacy of hunters through time. Um, I made my made my own charts here. God dang it, and I can't find them. But long story short, it doesn't matter. Um, our efficacy through um, podcasts and through technology and just through hunter education where guys are listening to me talk about how to kill bears. The, the average bear hunter is, is almost twice as, is as good as they used to be. Um, it used to be like 45 days on average for a hunter to go out and fill a bear tag wow. for every 45 days hunted, you'd, you'd kill a bear. And, um, and now it's down into the thirties. And so we're, oh, there they are. Perfect. Bears killed in Southwest Oregon. I finally found them. So days to kill bears and in 2014 was 47. And um, in 2020, uh, it was 33. So that's the efficacy rates. And these, these years, the data is missing, but you can just see how more effective. And that's probably this long range rifles, you know, started picking up somewhere in here. Everybody's got a thousand yard gun now around here. And so uh, that, that's probably a big part of it. I asked the biologist, I'm like, was there any external factors? And he's like, he actually said, you know, podcasts and YouTube, he's like all the information. And he's like, it's, it's, it's hard to prove, but he's like, I think it's podcasts. I'm like, why do you think it's podcasts? He said, because people used to call me and not know what in the hell to ask. They were saying, where's the bears? How do I find the bears? What, you know? And he's like, the questions and the dialogue has changed within the last 10 years to where guys are now asking South facing slopes. What elevation is the feed? Where's the water? Where's the gated road? They're, they're asking very specific pointed questions and they're getting these from listening to podcasts and stuff. And so, you know, you, you're a part of that guy. And so um, it's just, it's just really interesting that, um, you know, we are becoming more effective um, podcasts and putting information out there is be, is becoming more relevant. Here's a chart going from in the history going up. Typically the, when you see bear trends, they go down since especially hound hunting has gone down and they did, but they've started rising back up again. And um, more people are hit in the woods. We, you know, COVID was in here too. People were 
freaking out, wanting to be self-sustainable with COVID. And so, um, I'm sure most of those people that just got into bear hunting didn't know what the hell they were doing, but, um, you know, we're killing more bears and becoming more effective at it. And I think that's pretty, pretty freaking awesome. I, so I would have to lend some of that too, right? It used to be, you carry a bear tag as a, if I see one tag, right. And, yeah. and, and we're seeing a trend of, of a more focused bear hunt where guys are, you know, leaving the deer tag in the truck or, or separating that season, uh, or getting out in the spring and not just, you know, betting on fall um, to get mm-hmm. out there and chase them. So I would lend a little bit of that, you know, to uh, to guys, you know, focused in on that hunt instead of just an incidental uh, incidental kill, if you will, to a different season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, the biologist last year said he'd checked in more fall bears than he had ever checked in recent memory he's like it's just we killed so many bears last year and all of these numbers are um these charts i'm showing you are custom custom charts i made just for southwest oregon because that's where we should be going to a quota not to a draw um and i was going to approach the board with that information but again these numbers don't matter it's all feelings and, and fairy tales and so it just um you know we we have to bring something to the table that can get voted on and, and you, and you just have to put it to the public and, and, and create your own narrative. Um, and just odd that you have the votes really. You know, so. it was pretty cool. Uh, last week in, in Cali there, um, I'm not sure if you guys have, have seen or kept up or heard of howl for wildlife yet. And, yeah. Oh yeah. And they've really, Charles has done a phenomenal job building that platform and the action center, but to see people get behind it and to see the necessity or excuse me, people see the necessity in actually taking action and getting to these commission meetings. Um, Seth black bear pursuit, posted a deal this evening actually. And some of the wardens went up to him and Charles uh, and John after the meeting or excuse me, Mike after the meeting and commended them um, and the other participants for showing up to the commission meeting and what an impact it had in the state of California when you can fight off a predator management ban is essentially what yeah. it is at a four to zero. To no one. Four. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? We goose egged HSUS with their bullshit, with yeah. their social science. So to see folks standing up and finally taking action, man, is, is just super, super impressive. If it can be done there, it can be done anywhere. You know, I mean that, right. I hate to say it, right. It's the least friendly state when it comes to hunters. Um, so it's, it's, it's just an amazing thing to watch. So are you, Garrett, are you going to be publishing that information for people, uh, once you finish it and you have any plans with that? Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know how into the into the numbers I want to get. Um, but I mean, I have plenty of information now that would be like, really, that's really interesting. And and um, you know, I was even surprised after running the numbers because I did a podcast with the biologist, was it a year or two ago? Um, it was a questions with a bear biologist or something like that. I did um, on my podcast. And I called bullshit on some of the things he was saying. And, and I'm like, well, we're going to have to wait two to three years to find out if you, so it's two years ago. And finally the information's out. And he was actually pretty correct um, with some of the things that things that he was saying um, about going to a draw. <clears throat> and I don't know if the reasons 
he was correct were true because I still call bullshit. But <laughs> what he said would happen did kind of happen. So I, I you know, I, I give him kudos for that. But he said we would get more participation. We'd kill more bears if we went to a draw instead of just opening it up to a quota. And the numbers would actually support that. But there's so many different aspects right. of why. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I still think he's full of shit, but the numbers do support his argument. So maybe I need to apologize to him, but um, you know, that's, I, I would definitely like to share this information. Yeah. I, and I can send it to you if you want. Yeah. But, I just, um, I'll it's, wait. it's all there. Yeah, I'll wait till you, I, you know, wait till you, I, yes, send it to me. It's selfish, but at the other, on the other side of that, right. <laughs> I want, I want people to see the effect and the impact and understand why it's necessary and not make it a secondary option when you're out on a deer hunter or an elk hunt and why it needs to be a priority is, is where I was getting at. And I think the more, like you said, right, we're, we're kind of the catalyst for things with podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think the more that people, the more information they have and it's easily tangible, the better off we all are as a demographic. So that's right. a, well, I mean, I know guys that are 60. Yeah. I know guys that are seeing six bears a year. Um, and I see an average of anywhere for, you know, less than 40 on average. Um, and so usually in the thirties and, and, but I don't hit it as hard as those, as, a, as those other guys do. They, they go bear hunting and when they kill one, they keep going and helping everybody and their mother get one. I usually have a couple hunting partners and I'm done. And, um, but they go, 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 go. And, um, it's just, you shouldn't see 60 bears. No. In a hunting area, I mean, that's, that's a little, that's a lot, you know, we have a, a upwards and by, by the way, the ODF and W says we have no real way of counting or knowing, but we're going to throw a number out there and it's probably completely inaccurate, but they're saying we have upwards of 30,000 bears in Oregon, which is a lot. That's more antelope and more mountain goats than combined than we do, you know, in Oregon. So that's a, that's a um, herd that's animal. A like that. freaking bears. <laughs> that's a herd animal yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see a hundred antelope in a herd. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so, that's crazy. But anyways, yeah, I digress. So since we're on that topic, right. And, and Jarrett just kind of dropped it on us uh, via email um, with hunt league, right. And, and the conservation aspect, which he mentioned a little bit earlier, um, was just launched on hunt league, right. As, as part of that participation. So Jarrett, why does that matter on hunt league? That's big time for me, the conservation element of hunt league. I can't separate like my passion for like hunting from my passion to see hunting passed on to the next generation, like a big part of, uh, so, I mean, going into like family history, my dad grew up in Ohio, uh, family did not have any money. And part of his growing up years was like, he was running trap lines and would check his trap line. And this is elementary school, you know, before school, he would go and, you know, you catch a couple muskrat, you'd catch, you know, if, if there was ever a mink, it'd be a huge deal. There was, you know, he would run his trap lines. That's how he, he would help the family, like provide food and, and all that stuff for the family. By the time, by the time I was growing up, he was like, I don't ever want to kill another animal. I don't ever want to hunt. Like he would, you know, we would fish all the time together, but we, we rarely went hunting and I never learned how to set a trap line from my dad. And it's like, man, I would have loved to have learned that skill. Like that's a skill set that is like 
being lost on this generation. And I'm like, that would have been such a great skill to learn. And I've always had this passion and desire to be in the woods, like ever since I was a little boy. Well, I've got four kids of my own and I want to be able to pass down some of the memories, some of the things that I'm doing. And not just for like the selfish sake of like, I want them to idolize me and, and my story matters that much that other people should care. That's not really the idea, but the idea is like being able to capture and pass down your story. Well, the more I've gotten involved in this, you know, and Guy, on our first podcast, you asked me something about, the th you know, I, I don't know if it was a conservation question or not, but I remember talking to you at that point and saying, you know, like a big passion of mine is like teaching people to value things because as soon as you value something, you protect it. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to let somebody walk off with my phone or walk off with my wallet because it's like, that has value to me. But you know, if I just leave the food on the table, they can, they can take that because I, I'm already done. I, I didn't have any value. So, you know, if to me, what I want to do is like, I want to create more value in, in the hunts that we're already doing. I want to be able to use that to mentor people, pass down these the skill sets, pass down tactics, knowledge, information. I want to be able to learn from it myself, but with conservation piece that we're building in, the more I've been involved, I mean, the more this is getting stirred up with like the more I've been involved with hunt league, the more my understanding of conservation, how critical it is because of the different things that we were just talking about because of the bear stuff, because the wolf issue that's been, that's come up in Colorado. I mean, we just see over and over again and we're watching, I mean, we're watching the wolf issue resurface where it was given back to States. And now there's federal lawsuits and things like that, where it's turning it back over to, the government and putting them back on an endangered species list. And you go back and forth with all these cases. And, and I'm like, I want people to realize hunters are not just out there, you know, killing and posing with animals that hunters are the biggest contributors to conservation in the country. Like, and they demonstrate it year over year with the money that goes into, you know, our tags and those systems that takes care of our, our, uh, you know, our parks, our wildlife, our, our, you know, our wilderness areas, all those things. And to me, I added a conservation piece in because I want to see, I want people to be able to see that like, even when we're on a hunt, we're picking up trash. Even when we're on a hunt, we're cleaning up trails. Even when we're on these hunts and scouts, you know, we're, we're actually, you know, there's, there's stories where you, people are rescuing wildlife and it's like, aren't you out there hunting and just killing everything you see? And it's like, that's not what hunters do. And I want to be able to tell that story in a, in a meaningful way. And I want to be able to work with conservation organizations, you know, like a, a, in a casual way, I've had conversations with the Colorado Bow Hunters Association, Well, you know, in their, you know, nonprofit status, one of the things that they have to demonstrate is, well, what are your members actually doing that benefits conservation? And I want to have a tool that can be readily used where I can share that with these different organizations and say, look, this is what hunters are doing to better the environment for both the wildlife, the ecosystems, the habitat, um, because it is, it is significant. It's not, it's not small. Like it's a massive thing. And if we collectively are starting to share that story and we start logging those types of things. And so step one in the conservation piece is just being able to log some of the stuff that you would naturally do on a hunter scout, you know, like, you're not on a hunter scout going to put in a water guzzler. You're not hauling. It's a summer project that you do, or that's something, you know, so we're going to add another conservation like project that will be its own type of activity. But the, the phase one is just being able to log stuff that you could actually accomplish on a hunter scout, such as, 
you know, how many, I, I, you know, I've had this question, like how many Mylar balloons do you think hunters pick up (laughs) every season? And, and I think that gets brought up a lot because we pick them up because it's the easiest thing we can put on our pack because it doesn't add weight. You know, when you come up on a big campfire that has a bunch of tin cans and stuff like that, then you deal with rust, sharp objects, opportunity to get cut, hurt. Um, it's it's extra weight. It's loud. It's harder for us to pick up tin cans, glass bottles, you know, that kind of stuff on a hunt than it is for us to pick up a Mylar balloon. But it's like, do you know how many tens of thousands of Mylar balloons hunters pick up? <laughs> it's crazy. Every year. I mean, environmentally it, it, speaking, it, they should be banned. Legitimately. You, you, yeah, and and I think we might be the only people that recognize that because we're the only ones that like are finding it. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable. And so I look at I look at that and I'm like, I want to have a tool that logs those things. Like, how many plastic bottles are we picking up? How many glass bottles? I mean, I know we don't pick all up because you know that's the that's the situation. That like, I'm not going to fault somebody that's ten miles deep that that's like debating, man, should I pick up this trash? Because it it adds weight. It adds it adds complexity to your hunt. You know, there is even a risk of like, and what happens if you fell on a rock and that thing cut, you know, it could cut you, it could cut through your bag, you know, so there's certain things that are easier for us to pick up than others, but basically adding a first element of conservation, kind of a phase one is what are some of the con- the normal conservation things that you and I can do on a regular hunt? And let's start tracking that. A phase two, which will be out this fall is going to be, you know, what are the different, what are the different conservation organizations that you're a part of? What are the banquets that you're going to? What are the political, you know, things like you, we've talked about how on the podcast, it's like, I, I sent the commission in California an email because of how, you know, and it's like, I don't live in the state of California, but it's like, those things are becoming more important for us to get involved in Across even state other people's states and say, Hey, yeah. we, we've got to use our collective voice in this. And I want to be able to use this platform as a way to build a collective voice, not just not just to say, here's an email, everybody should go and do this, but to also be able to provide data to some of these organizations, to some things, and just show this is what hunters are actually doing in the field. And I think I think when people see that, it will be alarming, eye-opening. And I think, you know, like I know how had that uh, thing that they were saying, hey, post this on your social media about, it's almost like kind of hug a hunter and thank them for, the work that they're doing for conservation. And it's like, I want to be able to add to that story. Okay. So, okay. I'm sorry to cut you off. Now we're talking value and protection, right? Hug a hunter, but how do we battle the misconception, right? Because a lot of what we do is specific to us, right? It's very easy for me to talk to you. It's very easy for me to talk to Garrett it's very easy to have Huntley or how relate with me, you and Garrett, but how do we fight the misconception from the public at large, if you will, and spread this information in terms of conservation, the, and, and I want you to touch on community action too. Right. And I talked about it before we hit record. Um, There's two pieces to it, right? Conservation and all the hoopla talk that we do, but then community action with something like you're doing, with something like Hal's doing, Blood Origins, the work that Garrett's doing. That's the community action piece of it. But how do we battle the misconceptions with the public at large if Hunt League is focused on hunters? How How do we spread the message? Do we just walk up and start having a conversation? Do we have a... A, a pamphlet that gives this information. How do we battle it? 
I know I've, I've seen that. And I've seen that in the argument, you know, like we, you just mentioned blood origins. Cause I know that that's kind of a central thing of what they want to do and how they want to communicate. And I've kind of kept my eye on them and I, I listen to their content because I do appreciate the way that they go at it, where they're not trying to attack. They don't attack people outright. They'll, they'll attack some ideologies and attack some ideas or not even attack. They'll raise the questions. You know, like I think Robbie does a fantastic job of saying, do you think that that's what's best for wildlife? And then he'll just maybe throw it. He'll sometimes just leave it there. Like is posting that good for hunters or is this good for, and I think the way that they've engaged is something that I'm trying to learn from. And not because I'm saying, okay, it's so effective, but what I like about it is, is it's not combatant in nature. And I feel like uh, everything is so politicized where you can almost like, it's almost like the louder you scream, the more entrenched people get in their camps yeah, and, oh, you know, and, no, and nobody's winning, right. you know, nobody's right. winning. And I just feel like Robbie's posing good questions. And I feel like it's good questions that lead to like new ways of thinking. And it's like, I want hunt league to be something that I don't think hunt league will ever extend to the non hunters. I don't think there's, I don't think it's a platform built for non hunters. It's a platform built for hunters, but I think where we can win is like, I've had, I, I'll have conversations with non-hunters where they start asking me about questions. And when, when I can sit there with my hunt league app and go, let me show you this hunt. And I start walking them through uh, just a day, like the, how, what I started my day. I mean, the questions that they start to ask, the things that come to mind, like it's, it's because they're, they're able to see and participate in a story and they'll go, Oh my gosh, show me another hunt. Oh, oh man, I want to look at another one. And I'm an open book on that with them. Cause I'm like, look, look at the areas, look at this, look at the scenery, look at these things that you get to see. And like, I had one lunch meeting that led to a guy coming over to my house after lunch meeting and taking one of my bows to his house that he still has to this day, you know, and it's like, because he was like, I, I want to learn how to like shoot. He's like, I don't think I'll ever hunt, but I want to learn how to do archery. Like everything that we talked about is so intriguing, but the thought of like taking an animal and I'm like, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if he ever takes the life of an animal, like, cause that's a hard thing. It's a harder thing to do than people really understand. And I, you know, I don't even want to dive into that, but the idea <laughs> of his, you know, his experience with me going through hunt league and what it exposed him to changed his perspective. And it's like having those types of conversations, having a story that you can back up, that you can show, that you can share. And I want to be able to create and curate information that I believe could be used. Like I can attach that information to other voices. Like I can, I can provide that information to Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I can provide that information to Pheasants Forever. I can provide that information to that already have a voice. I can provide that to Blood Origins. I can help create stories that they're looking to tell, you know, and let them use that mouthpiece. But as far as hunt league goes, I, you know, like I know in the Bible, it talks about being all things to all men, you know, so you might save some, but I just don't think hunt league is a platform that's built to be all things to all men. I think it's a platform built for hunters mm -hmm. to capture their experience. I think what's going to come out of it though, is going to benefit hunters and it will reach non hunters um, because it, it can be used as a mentoring tool. It really, I mean, truly you can bring people into that, into the experience. And, and, and that wasn't a question as to say, what can Huntley do for that sure. misconception, right? It was, what can we do 
um, just in general, but yeah, but that, I really liked where that went. Um, Garrett, cause I always love hearing your opinion on this. How do we battle the misconceptions? You got to have good conversations. And, and I think Jared hit the nail on the head with Robbie. He has good conversations and he asks good questions. And one thing I learned a long time ago is that great leaders ask great questions. And, you know, I, I was talking to a kid the other day for work and um, I went to a school and we we're talking about logging at, a, at an elementary school. Right. <clears throat> and uh, he comes up and he's like, Oregon loggers. He's like, logging's bad. Why do you think that he's a fourth, or fifth grader, right? big glasses. And, uh, I'm like, why do you think that is it? Cause you guys are killing the forests. I'm like, where'd you get that information from? He's like, I, uh, I was like, well, what, what makes you think that? And then, you know, just kind of like, you know, leading them down a path. And then just with one, with one, with three or four questions and then one statement, I was like, did you know that we plant two to three trees depending on the property? But do you know, we plant multiple trees for every tree we cut down. Did you know that? So he's like, so you guys are actually saving the forest? I'm like, no, we're managing it. We, we, are, we are taking care of it. It's like your yard. If you cut it, it will come back. If you plant it and you're responsible. And there's, you know, we, we log it to meet today's needs without future gener- or compromising future generations to meet their needs. And boom, who knows where that'll go with that kid. Maybe he won't be anti-logging when he grows up. But you ask good questions and then you provide good information. And I, I've asked this question before, you know, to a friend, used to be a friend. I'm not friends with them anymore. Um, Stole the and, spot. And uh, she was, uh, <laughs> you're you welcome to have that person's spot. She was, um, she was a friend in high school and then she, be, yeah, she became somebody else after high school. And she was posted this horrible anti-hunting Africa thing. And I'm like, you know, like, I appreciate your post. I'm glad that you posted it. If you want, she's like, I don't understand, blah, 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 blah. She starts going about trophy hunting and killing and hunting of shit. And I'm like, like, I would so love to have a conversation with you, you know, having been there myself, having hunted it, having experienced it, having done it my whole life. Um, would you like to have a conversation to learn more about it? Or are you open to having a conversation? And that she's like, okay, yeah, it didn't go very well from there, but um, you know, those, those opening the door and not trying to just explain everything. Are they open to understanding? Are you open to being wrong? I ask that question to myself all the freaking time. Am I open to being wrong? When I'm going into this conversation, um, is the other person open to being wrong? Or do, do they think that Joe Biden is doing a great mm-hmm. job? Are, are they, are, are they open to being wrong? Am I wrong? Maybe Joe Biden is the best president since, you know, he got 80 something million votes. I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, are, am I open to being wrong there? I don't think I am, but you know, maybe, maybe I'm not. And so it's just, if it, you have to read your audience and you have to engage in good conversations and you have to have good information. You can't, you can't, I tell my wife all the time, I'm into having intelligent conversations. If, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. How can I have intelligent conversations with people? And it just, you know, even if they don't know what you're, what they're talking about, if you do, it's really easy to win that conversation, but you have to do it tactfully. You just can't be like, well, you're an idiot. And here's how it really. And I'm going to make sure that we provide them all with what Oregon has to offer some of the best awesome meat out there. So, um, 
you know, and, and I don't know if that's answering your question guy, but um, yeah, basically you can boil it down to good conversations and, and good information and getting outside of your comfort zone and, and, and just being willing to engage, quit being on the sidelines. It, you know what, that, that goes back to one word that Jared said, right? All that, right. Is, is combative um, and where we pe- put people as we go into these conversations combative. Cause for so long, that's what we've wanted to do is, is go into these discussions with a chip on our shoulder and, and to some point rightfully so. Right. Um, but at this point in where we're at and what we're seeing, it hasn't gotten us anywhere. And I, I think that that offensive stance comes from having the information and utilizing that information in a way that gets people to actually listen to us because we're talking and we're talking logically, reasonably um, from a place of knowledge, like you said. So that, that absolutely answers it. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, I, I am waiting for, for, uh, for Jim Huntsman to invite me onto this podcast and you, and for you to moderate it. Cause him and I, I want to argue with and debate him on, on something that's very similar to what we're talking about now is, is, you know, do we need more hunters or, um, you know, is there too many hunters in the woods? Should we worry about hunter recruitment? And, and, um, you know, I, I think that we, you know, I'm not going to give away my whole hunting argument here, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to, I think I'm, I think I'm going to put up a really good battle against Jim because I don't think necessarily we need more hunters. I think we need, I'm not, I'm not going to give it. I'm don't not even, give it away. I was going to say, I'm don't, not going to give it away. Don't. I'm not going to give it, but it's not going to be a popular opinion, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shred it, dude. But you're, you're going you know, to bias me. We need to have good conversations. And, and what I just talked about now is going to back up when I'm going to, when I'm going to destroy Jim on his podcast. <laughs> Jimbo, we're coming for, well, Garrett's oh, man, coming I for you. I can't wait. I can't wait. But, I'll do my yeah. best not to be biased to others, either side. <laughs> when we do that. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and for the, not just the reason, right. But the reason that we're on here is this, is this connection through, through hunt league and, um, you guys have something going on and I thought it was pretty spectacular to see the melding of, of both platforms um, and how that's coming together uh, with this bear hunt giveaway. So why don't you guys give them the details, give me the inside scoop on it. Cause I really, you know, as much as I know, I'm, I'm pretty naive to it too. What does that look like? Um, how, how long is that running? How do folks win? Just the whole nine. Yeah. Uh, why, why don't you take it from here, Jared, and then I'll just uh, take the ball when you're done. <laughs> I, I was going to flip it to you and say, hey, this is your <laughs> Jared. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give a general premise, which is, you know, HuntLink is a platform that you can uh, log and record kind of the details of your hunt. So it, you can find out how many days are you scouting, how many days are you hunting, what time of day are you getting out there? How many miles are you hiking? What are you seeing? How many animals did you see over the course of the season? Like you can track. Uh, just about everything. There's a lot of, it's got intuitive features based on the species that you're hunting. So, you know, the options that you can select for a coyote are different than what you would select for an elk or deer. Um, so uh, it encompasses pretty much all of your major game animals uh, in the United States and lets you log uh, your hunts. Underneath that, like as you log, um, we've basically kind of installed somewhat of like a fantasy football kind of type point system. So with everything that you log, 
there's different points associated. Um, and I, I will openly be the first one to say, anytime you apply a point system to hunting, I think it's completely flawed. Uh, I don't stand behind the point system as a valid point system for competition. I, because, you know, you guys, we could all be out in the woods and, uh, it, it, you know, if you get points for basically what you log, it's like, well, does it make guy a better hunter because he logged more, you know, deer rubs, antler rubs, scat, you know, it's like at the end of the year, you log five. That's about all I (laughs) (laughs) You you logged all the landmines you came across. I'll kick uh, your ass in elk scat. (laughs) (laughs) You might have to have a landmine league and just the person that logs the most landmines. There we go. Um, Can I, can we log broadhead sharpness through the season? (laughs) Mine have not dulled. <laughs> Mine will not dull in September, buddy. <laughs> Golly. So, uh, you know, it, it creates a foundation, though. Really, what it, what the it's a private hunting journal. Use it as a private hunting journal. There's a point system that adds to the story because what we're doing is capturing the story. It's a fun platform where you have the ability to share your story. Your, st- your story, one thing that I think scares the mess out of people is they feel like everything that they log is just automatically shared. Nothing is automatically shared in the app. Like you have to choose to share. Do I want to share this with a buddy? If you share it with a buddy, then you also have a secondary choice. Do I want to share GPS information? Nothing is ever automatically shared. If you want to unshare stuff, you can. There's no GPS information sharing when it comes to like leagues and the general community. It's not an app built for like, where should I hunt? Like that's not what the app is designed to do, but it's designed to really capture the story and the details of your hunt. Now we've added a point system. The point system is not how you win a league. Um, It kind of helps push people that have put in the work towards the top of the leaderboard or towards the top. And based on that, we can kind of send that group of people. Here's an application. You're we have found you based on the work that you've done, the community involvement, all these other elements. We found you to be somebody that we think might be deserving for the title of whatever league that they're in. Then, you know, they'll fill out the applications. We'll do some interviews. Oh, dang. Garrett's holding up something. It's a little bit hard to see, but he's holding up his, uh, he won the 2021 Western Hunter, um, you know, put together basically, basically the runner up. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he didn't win the outdoorsman of the year, which is our biggest competition. That's all species, all methods of take that kind of thing. Western hunter is basically your Montana down to New Mexico and West. And it doesn't encompass all species. Like it's not, it's not rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that. It's, it's deer, it's elk, it's mountain lions, bears, it's wolves, coyotes, moose, bighorn sheep, all of that. Um, Garrett, Garrett took home that prize with a really great prize package um, from several different companies that really focus on Western hunting. So it's been a cool way to kind of engage and involve different companies. They got to be on the judges panel. They got to share stuff about their products, all of that. Um, So that's kind of the foundation of leagues. It's, it's done at the end with the live judges panel. Is it, is it subjective? Absolutely. Um, Is it, you know, do we try to make it as fair and as fun? Like, yeah, it's, it's meant to be something that's just, it's, it's fun. As if somebody jumps in and takes it too serious and thinks it's like a bass tournament where it's, it's going to come down to weight and inches and ounces, all that. It's just like, it's not that. Um, so 
Garrett, that's kind of setting the foundation for like logging hunts, being able to share with the community, uh, winning leagues and prizes, some of that stuff. The foundation for this league though, like this came from Garrett. This isn't hunt league reaching out to Garrett saying, Hey Garrett, we want you to create a league. Garrett's had an idea to where, I mean, you know, you said it at the beginning guy, like he's, he's a phenomenal hunter. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand how good of a hunter is, but yeah. he yeah. takes people and helps people become successful. So one of the things that Garrett has been wanting to do is to take somebody on a bear hunt, figure out a way to do a competition, take somebody on a bear hunt. He connected with the hunt league platform last year, discovered like what it does, how it works. And was like, this is a great tool platform to be able to run something like this. That'll open the door uh, for a league. So Garrett, I'll let you take it from there. And then we can kind of ping pong off each other and kind of add to some of the fun elements of yeah. what's coming. Let with me, the well, Garrett, before you get going, let me interject, right? One of the things that Jared kind of glassed over, in my opinion, is the ability to share a hunt or watch a hunt with Garrett Weaver or, you know, like on the creators league, right? Mike Batiste was on there and, um, Jermaine Hodge. So to see, and, and these are, you know, air quote heavy hitters, right? So to be able to watch their progress, if they are, and when they're tracking their season can be phenomenal for folks, right? This is what I'm looking at. This is where I'm at. And it depends on how in depth they go and how they share that. Um, but it's actually pretty freaking cool to watch, you know, a buddy's progress, through his season, um, it could actually lend itself to a little motivation for your season when you're getting your ass kicked, right? It might yes. be like, might flip the switch and be like, oh man, I didn't think of that, right? Oh, that's the one, that might be the one element of the recipe, that one little touch of spice, right? That sprinkle on that can turn your season around if you're getting your ass kicked. So I just want to make sure I threw that in there. Sorry, Garrett. <laughs> No, it's all good. And and I want to go back before Jared brushed over this too. I won the, so a really cool dude named uh, Crazy McBride, who I'm now friends with. He's a, he's from Oregon. So I like to say Oregon went one and two, but there's three runner ups, me and um, two other guys and then Crazy won. And, um, you know, it's not a killing competition. And, um, you know, Crayson interviewed really well that he showed the judges his heart and he won, he won the judges heart and, uh, and they gave him, they gave him the, the outdoors and I got, um, along with the other guys, uh, runner up prizes. And then I, by default won the Western hunter of the year, which came with another prize package. Right. So, I mean, I, I left, I don't know how much I have in prizes, Jared, but I mean, it's thousands of dollars in prizes oh, for, yeah for, you know, doing what I was already going to do anyways, going to go hunting. All I did was track it on my phone. Like I have it on, I have Onyx open all the freaking time on when I'm hunting and I'm not looking at all the time, but it's always on and um, it's tracking what I'm doing. So I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. I just have an extra app open. Right. And so, um, and it's not taking me out of the hunt, which was really important for me. I told Jared, I'm like, I'm out. If, if, if I, if it costs me one animal, I'm out. And if it takes me out of the hunt and out of the experience, I'm gone. Like period. And so he's like, okay, well try it out and let me know what you think. And, and, um, it, it never did take me out of the, uh, out of the thing. And it helps me because my memory is dog shit, as you probably already know. And I'm trying to retell some of these stories and Jared's quizzing me on some of my old hunts. And I'm like, 
I was like 300 something yards or I, I, I on day six or I don't know, day seven. I don't freaking remember. Let me, let me go check. And I like, I have that information now and I can remind myself what my hunt was. Cause I honestly, I'm not being facetious. My memory sucks really bad. And, um, so that was just another really cool benefit for me personal to be able to go relive those without having to have video recording. Um, it's basically a hunting diary app is what this is. And so, um, you know, Jared, Jared went out and fought tooth and nail, um, to make these prize packages, the, the biggest he could for each division, each league. And, um, he knocked it out of the park, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, my new scope is arriving tomorrow and it's a $3,000 scope. It's, it's awesome. It is amazing. And, uh, I can't wait to use it. I wish I would have had it three days ago. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, so I, I I wanted to go over that, but Jared, Jared said, you know, Garrett one takes, I want to take somebody bear hunting and I have wanted to figure out a, a vehicle to choose a winner, not get sued, not, you know, have any legal problems or anything. Jared went out and figured all that out and said, you can do it. You can use, you know, I want to use hunt league because I felt that it was really fair and that it's not a killing competition. It's not a big buck competition or big bull or whatever. Cause again, I'm out. If it's that, it's not that. So, um, it, it, it has a giant heart. The hunt league does the hunt league community in general has a giant heart. And I, and, and I love that aspect. It's, it's not there in Instagram. It's not there on other apps. Sure as hell isn't there on Twitter or Facebook, but it's there on hunt league. And, and, um, and that's why I kind of gravitated and wanted to use, um, and I like Jared as a person I bought into Jared. And so I wanted to help him out, um, be able to have a vehicle to get what I wanted done and be able to help spread the word of hunt league. And so, um, it's really a win for everybody. And, and what the winner is going to do is they're going to go on a hunt of August of next year, the very beginning of August. And I think it's a five day hunt, Jared, yeah. or four, five, four, five, five, five day hunt. hunt. And, um, they're going to basically have vortex is going to show up. I think Colby from bear hunter magazine is going to show up. He's going to film it. He's going to upload it on their 72,000 subscriber YouTube channel. They're going to have a feature in bear hunter magazine. If we can take some good picks and, um, and vortex is going to tag along. Jared's Jared's going to be there. I'll be, um, helping the hunter find a bear. Um, and we're going to have a great time. And if the, the winner shoots a bear day one and wants to shoot another one, we'll go do that. If he wants to go fly fishing up the North Umpqua, which is a prestigious river locally, or go see Crater Lake, um, we can go do that. It's it's literally an experience. I want you to have the best experience if you win this, humanly possible, and everything's paid for. Um, so it's it's just a really, really, really cool opportunity. I think the prize package in total will, will be around 12 to knowing Jared, it could be a million dollars, but 12 to 15,000, um, you know, in, in total prizes and, uh, which is huge, yes. which is huge. I mean, um, and it, and it's not just like dinky dork prizes. I mean, I think vortex is tossing in whatever you want, right? They're, they're going to build a custom like bear package. So we'll find out who wins at the end of May and, you know, check in on their gear list and stuff. And it, I mean, it, it could be a spotting scope. It could be a rifle scope. It could be, you know, we're yeah. gonna, they're going to set them up with whatever they need to be successful on the hunt. So yeah. Vortex is Vortex is all in. Bear Hunting Magazine is all in. They're doing a featured spread on it in May, like not just like a little ad or a blurb. I mean, they're, they got a whole two-page, you know, full spread just talking about it because they're they're really excited because it's a, it's a completely new way for them 
you know, to engage with bear hunters around the country. So, I mean, right. And, and Garrett, I mean, you, you, when you set this up, I mean, it wasn't like when you connect with bear hunting magazine, you're not just looking to take the best bear hunter in the country from this year on a hunt. Like you're looking to take somebody on a bear hunt. And one of the things that I get asked all the time is that like, well, what if I don't hunt bear? Can I, can I still win this competition? And, you know, I think you you should express like, yeah, what you're looking for and and who. Well, you know, who if I, I don't want to, you know, if somebody absolutely kills it and has a great year and, and they've killed a bear, that doesn't disqualify them or anything. But I personally, in in the the points and and the judges, I'm not the only judge, right? Um, there's a, there's going to be a panel of judges that help decide this. Um, I really want to make sure that it's going to be a, a an extremely special hunt for somebody that maybe hasn't had the opportunity to see a bear has never killed a bear maybe is from who knows what state where they don't have bear hunting. Um, again, it could be somebody from Oregon that wins, right? I mean, it could be, but, uh, I'm looking for somebody that's, it's really going to be not hopefully, hopefully not once in a lifetime, but it's going to be really special for them. Um, cause I know it's going to be really special for everybody else involved. And, and I think everybody's going to really try and make it really about them. Um, the person that wins and, and, I just really want to see somebody that 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 contributed to the community that was a great ambassador that maybe got their ass kicked throughout the season, you know, that that was just that they need a pick me up or they need something to look forward to or they went out and they struggled or you know they had a really good year and maybe it was their best year they've ever had and and but they you know they fell short on bear or something like that but um you know if you're an absolute bear assassin um, you know, you, you're going to have to probably work a little harder than somebody that has a better story than you do, you know, in my, in my opinion, as I'm one judge, right. I'm one judge. So, um, you know, if you've gone out and you're shooting six bears a year, I'm, I'm probably not going to pick you, but (laughs) again, you can make you, you can make your, your story and you can, you can force me to pick you with, 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 whatever season you have. Right. So, um, it, it could be anybody, it really could be anybody, but, um, I really do want to make sure that this is a special occasion, um, event for this person. So that's where my heart's at. And, and, and that's where I want to see. And I really, I really want to be able to show somebody what Oregon has to offer. I want to highlight what Oregon has to offer and try and get more people here to hunt bears, just leave my elk alone. Just just hunt the bears and the cougars here, if you could, please. And um, we're going to have a great time, man. It's it's going to be awesome. That, I mean, just just given everything that we've talked about, right, with, with management, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's hugely important to participate um, in that management, but to be twelve dollars to $15,000 up, in participating in that management. I mean, come on, man. I was going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to apply here, man. (laughs) See if we can't change those broadheads. I think first light just came on board, Jared, right? Yeah. So, I mean, some of the sponsors, I know like the Axel hearing protection or something, and they actually sent Garrett one just like, Hey, you know, cause we, we kind of said like, it's gotta be stuff that I would use on a hunt Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Cause it's not just like, Hey, just throw some, throw some stuff our way. And we want to feature. It's like, no, it's got to make sense for bear hunting. You know, it's got to make sense for, uh, you know, like it's an actual product that we would stand behind and recommend. And so thank you. uh, 
the axle, yeah, <laughs> the, the axle uh, earbuds they sent some to Garrett. Garrett like threw them in. I was like, dude, I don't know about these things. Yeah, I was and, like, I don't know about these. <laughs> and, and then he watched that video of how to use them, and he's like, oh, I wasn't doing it right. So he got them in. It was like, okay, these things are rock solid. He's like, I'm going to use them for work. I'm going to use them for in the car. Yeah. Like, and and now they're sitting on my desk downstairs. I mean, they're awesome. So I'm like, okay, somebody's going to win these. Those are awesome. First light jumped in. They're going to provide kind of a, an, an outfit, you know, their foundry pants and some of that stuff, like, you know, high quality stuff. Vortex ha- has jumped in, um, work, work sharp, like sharpeners, tool sharpener stuff. Um, you know, uh, I, I kind of wanted to try to lock in some Oregon based companies too, because the hunt is going to happen in Oregon. So I've, I've reached out and, and talked to a handful of companies, but you know, we're looking basically, we want to outfit somebody from head to toe. So you know, there's a couple boot companies, you know, Danner boots and stuff. They, they're made in Oregon. They're not in, but I'd love to, they might be in, like had a, a preliminary kind of conversation with them. Cause it's like uh Gerber and bench made knives are both kind of knives that are made up in uh, yeah. up there. And so it's like, I, I'd like to kind of feature some Oregon based companies in this league um, just cause it's going to take place in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great, I think it's a, I think that's going to be super fun. Bring like a little hometown feel. Um, you know, Garrett had a conversation with the guys from born and raised and kind of shared some details about the, about the deal. And, you know, even some of those guys, Trent and Steve were like, man, you doing anything like that first week of August, like 2023 is like, let's, you know, let's jump in and, and go join, go join for a day. And don't ask me if that's, you know, I mean, they can't, they can't make that commitment right now, but it's like the idea of like Oregon based people kind of jumping in, contributing, sharing, making yeah. that really special, whoever wins this it's just going to be a fantastic experience. And I know when Garrett's saying, all right, Jared's going to be there. Colby's going to be there. Somebody from Vortex is going to be, you can't take 20 people and be successful on a bear hunt. So we're going to have <laughs> right. a camp where everybody's sharing camp. We're sharing stories and all that stuff, but we're going to make it special where it'll be Garrett, the the person who won and a cameraman that kind of have their own you know, they, they get to have their own experience, but there will be a lot of other eyes and ears out checking other places and say, man, we got a big bear located over here. You, you know, they've been, it's been coming out at night. So that's what some of these other guys are going to be doing that are, that are sharing camp uh, yeah. with this winter. And we'll probably just make a rule that nobody gets to, nobody gets to get fill their bear tag until the winter fills his. So yeah, that's uh, oh, yeah. for that's hers, the way it should you know, be. Yeah. That kind of thing. I, so a couple of things there, right. And, and, and I commend you for, giving your best effort to supporting local, right? That, that says a lot about where your head is at in this mission, Jared. Um, you know, you said it earlier, um, you know, being that you're based here in Colorado and wanting to support, you know, um, Colorado businesses and things. So I, that, to me, that, that speaks volumes of where your head's at. Um, second point is the mentorship on that hunt right is going to be absolute i don't give a shit if you're hunting bears and you're successful four or five times you know you're you're notching every bear tag you have and you're focused the amount of mentorship that can come from those amount of people with that knowledge with that experience you know folks from vortex are there and they are honing you in on that optic right you got garrett that's garrett's all always into bears uh, bear hunter magazine i mean come on like that is just uh that's a phenomenal opportunity man 12 to 15 grand seems like that's going to be a <laughs> drop in the bucket we'll have to chime back in on that as we get a little bit closer i'd be curious to see how that grows 
Yeah. And I, you know, and, and I, I've got some really good friends here that I hunt with locally and I've already told them like, I'm going to be leaning on you guys. Um, I'll be, I'll be, my, my goal is to have three to four to five, hopefully five bears figured out patterned, And we're just seeing who's home that day, opening day. We're going to figure out who's home and, and try and put as many bears down in camp as we can in one week. Cause everybody, everybody realistically should, should be able to have in five days should be able to, I, we should be able to put three or four or five bears down. So, um, if you have me and, and my hunt partners out here patterning bears and figuring out where they're at, there's no reason why we can't have a great trip. Now, if it's like thundering and lightning or we have a major wildfire, obviously that changes things a bit, but, um, chances are, you know, if you're, if the person that wins isn't stuck on using a bow, they're going to have a very, very, very good chance at killing a bear. So <laughs> there's some fools out there. I'd be one of them. I'd be one, I'm of, one them. of them. I'm one of them. <laughs> you know, and, and just, just my opinion right now, because those bears are patterned does not mean you, if you win this hunt, you should go into that. Like, where's my bear? Right. You know, right. it's like a guided hunt, right? If you go with a killer of a guide, you don't want to just go and arrow an animal or shoot an animal. You want to gain that information. So if you're going to jump in on this and you happen to be the lucky SOB that wins, don't go in <laughs> just looking to notch the tag, right? Soak up the information. If there's, if Garrett tells you that there's six effing bears and we're going to get one of them, ask how they found the bear. What's that bear? What is that bear over there doing? Like Garrett said earlier, north facing, south facing, what what the hell's going on, right? I mean, don't just let it go and say, and Garrett points and you shoot a GD bear. It's the worst thing you could do. I I had to say it because I hate when people pass yeah. up free knowledge, right? Because we get, we, we put our blinders yeah. on, we get so effing short-sighted. Oh, you know, I'm being filmed in Bear Hunter magazines here and I'm going to stroke off Rocket Man right now. Don't pass up <laughs> <laughs> that knowledge, gain that knowledge and take it with you into the next bear season and the next, and then pass on the knowledge that you gained on that hunt and the information that it helped you gain in later seasons, right? And that's how we pay this shit forward. Had to say it. Sorry. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, who knows if, if the winner loved, I mean, most people that go bear hunting for the first time and have success fall in love with bear hunting. I think I probably like bear hunting more than blacktail hunting. Now it's gotten to the point where it's just, it's just so much fun. It's relaxed. It's, we can listen to music, drive around and we're glassing, you know, we're in t-shirts. It's, it's awesome. And, and, uh, it just, it just, it's low. It's, I, I don't feel the pressure that I do during elk season. I mean, I just, I don't, it's just, you know, if you put the time in, you glass the right spots, you're going to see bears and it's, it's not, not a very popular time of year. And, and if whoever wins and, and decides they love to come back and, and bear hunt, it's a general season tag. You can come over here and do it. I think the tag is like 32 bucks. You can bear hunt for under $200 out of state in Oregon. It's insane how affordable it is. So yeah. it's not like this is a super unobtainable tag. You are literally getting the keys to the kingdom here and you're going to find out exactly where I hunt. You can even come back the next year and compete with me. Right. So uh, you can find out exactly where I hunt, exactly where we're going, exactly where we're looking. And, and, and like you said, the, the knowledge and, and, and just kind of the, the stuff that you're going to get out of that you're shaving off years worth of worth of figuring this crap out Dude. because if you're going to come out of here out of state 
you're going to spend two or three years just figuring out where you can even hunt because level one, level two, level three, level four, level, whatever, IFPL levels, industrial forest protection levels. It's different for each landowner over here. It's a freaking nightmare. If you aren't from here, if you're from here, it's really simple, but um, I mean, you're, you're, you're bypassing all that crap. So uh, it's just going to be a really cool time, man. So, I mean, what you, you just said, like, you know, kind of the pass it forward or pay it forward. Like one of the fun things that I'm doing on the app right now, I'm actually taking my son. He's in the room with me. Um, he's a, he just turned 11. I'm going to take him to Oregon this year. And I want to see, I want to see what that hunt is going to be like for the person who wins it next year. So I want to, I'm going to take him on that experience. We're gonna, I'm going to film some, take some photos, that kind of thing. But one of the things that we've been doing is like, we'll get on the app, go to the community page and we'll filter the community page for Oregon and, and bear, like, cause you can kind of filter by species and state. And, uh, and we've just been looking at the spring bear hunts going on in Oregon and the different things that people are posting. And, you know, there was a guy, this guy, uh, Tace is his name, uh, who's recently on there. Garrett, do you know him? Is that somebody, you know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was like, I, I don't know if there's any interconnection cause I know he's Oregon, but like watching him, he was taking his girlfriend out and has like these, he's got on video where he has these bears and two days in a row, or at least two kind of posts in a row bear get ready for the shot boom and you can see the heat <laughs> trail of the bullet and it goes right over the back of the bear on two of these in a row and i'm showing this to my son and we're having these conversations about this like look they range that bear on this one they didn't dial to the proper like distance on their reticle and it's like do you know how important it is we got to get out and start target shooting we got to get out because we don't want to have everything go right and then because we didn't prepare for it to go wrong. Yeah. And it's like, so having those conversations with my son, I'm able to have those conversations because we're watching other people go through their season right now. And that's like, I'm just telling you, like as a, as a resource and a tool for somebody preparing for a hunt that we've never done before, we are learning so much sitting on the sidelines right now that by the time the fall comes around, it's like, we got a lot better idea of what the landscape looks like, what the, you know, what the distances are. I've been really shocked and how far like guys are glassing up bears, 1500 yards, 1200 yards. And I was talking to Garrett. I was like, bro, I've seen <laughs> one bear within like 25 yards. And then everything else has been like, yeah, a long way. And I was like, I don't know if JJ, you know, I mean, he can shoot. He's a good shooter, but I don't know that we're shooting 1100 yards on this. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think the average shot for me personally is under four. So like that bear, I, I, uh, I, uh, may, may have shot at the other day, uh, it was three fifty, So oh, it, was, it, was, it should have been a chip shot, but anyways, he's uh he, he better go buy a bear lottery ticket. That's all I can tell him. So, yeah. So, all right. Um, this is kind of shameless, but I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, and it is the PNW, right? So I'm going to throw in <laughs> on it. If you guys, uh, if you guys want part of that prize package is the full Western fly package. I got, two new products coming out um plus what i have already so i'll throw in all four um to throw into the uh to the pot there to sweeten it up a few bucks I love that it. would be awesome it is the pnw man you gotta keep shit dry <laughs> you never know we could get them on soon when somebody comes over here we could just 
be roasting marshmallows for the whole time. Who knows, man? Yeah, I got That's one. What, like we talked about that first light is sending a camo package. And then Garrett was like, ah, there's no rain gear in this. Place. Like, we might, uh, <laughs> I, I, I might have room to pick up a rain gear sponsor because uh, this could get rough. Yeah, I got right. one. One of what I'm talking about is in design right now. So I should have that rolling in the next couple months. And then one I got a little more testing, but that'll be in production here within the next 30 days. So, hmm. well, after, after Idaho last year, brother, I, I was like, I, I was literally hiking out and I'm like, God damn it. I got to buy one of guys bag cover thing, oh, Western dude. flight cover things. Cause I was drenched. Everything was drenched. And it was like, I thought I had a dry cover, but it was for the inside of my bag, yeah. not for the outside of my bag. Mm. So. It, you know, it, it's a funny thing, right? And, and, I don't want to, I don't want to make this about Western fly. Right. But it was that it was born out of necessity for me. Right. And the more I think about why I did it and what it serves as it, it really is a matter of safety, right? When you go out in the woods, man, it, I mean, it, the shit could change in an instant. If your critical gear is soaking wet, Right. Right. That that shit is dangerous. Right. Your hunt is pretty much over unless you're playing a fool's game. Right. So to be able to put something on your pack or on your person or cover yourself up, I'm giving little hints um, <laughs> and, and you know, shelter up, if you will, and not have to worry about it. Right. You get to stay out on your pursuit is one. But safety part of it, it it's covered. Right. You're not you're not putting things at risk you're able to continue your hunt safely or set it out for a minute and get home to your family safety without having to worry about it um it's a big deal man it's a big freaking deal. deal it's a hundred percent I, I i don't think there's anything that ruins i mean the two things to me that ruin a hunt faster than anything is when your feet go bad you know you get blistered up like if, if you if your feet go bad you're in a world of hurt mm. and then if, if you're wet there's nothing. I mean, you can't stop shivering. You can't get comfortable, um, you know, and it, it completely takes you out of your game because yes, you just, you feel like you can't escape it. You know, it's like, right. You can't, I, I can't escape this. This is dangerous. Yep. You know, and then if you try to fight it, you are, you're risking, you're risking a lot. You are. Yeah. So that's a, it's a big deal. That that's super generous too, guy. Like I'm excited to add that we haven't had anything uh, with Western fly covers in there. So we'll add you in as soon as you want to just shoot me an email with what you want to add. And we'll, we'll get that listed in the league and okay. let, let people know about it. That, that's a big deal too, for all those Pacific Northwest folks. Yeah. I mean, shit, September, Colorado, man, last couple of years, we've got, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've gotten snowstorms snow yeah. and yeah. stuff that have come through. Oh, it's crazy. Oh man. yeah. That's what I get. Uh, you know, I get a lot with that and then we'll get off of it is, is, you know, folks are like, well, I, I just primarily hunt in September. And I'm like, well, that's, that's when this shit was born was September, right? 15 inches of snow me and, you know, me going in the pack going, son of a bitch, man, you know, like I got to do something better than what I'm doing here. Um, so I digress. I'll get off of that. So last thoughts, boys. Uh, Garrett. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys for having me on. I, I always love your spirit and you, and you're just, I, I, I don't, I don't like egos and I constantly check mine all the time. And, um, I just, I just appreciate your mentality and for having me on the show. You've always been super real and, uh, that's pretty freaking rare, especially in today's standards. So, 
Um, much, much respect here, man. And and if you ever want to come over and, and just have, you know, share camp, shoot a bear. I know we talked about that before. Um, it would be awesome to have you come over. And, and if anybody's looking to hunt bears, um, we can do another podcast if you want on just bear tactics and how to hunt and how to find bears in Oregon. My, my experience is very limited to where I live. Um, but it's, it's, it's very, you know, applicable to similar climates, but, um, you know, we can do another podcast, but I do appreciate you have coming on. And if people are wanting to know how much the hunt league app, Jared, it's like 15 bucks, right? And there's a league pass, which basically opens up everything. There's not a whole, there's not, there's no kind of nickel and dime kind of, you got to pay this to be in this and you got to do this to do this. It's there's, there's the app is free to download. Um, it's a private hunting journal at that point, And you only get one kind of species. So you kind of pick your primary species, but if you want to unlock everything in the app, it's 1499 a year. So basically 15 bucks. And that opens up all your species, add hunt scouts, lets you join leagues, lets you add buddies, build parties, share information. Um, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, pretty- basically the best way I can describe it is that it, hunt league is growing but it's still small enough to where if you're getting after it and you're logging your hunts and you're being being diligent and you're just a grinder you have a very good chance at finding your way in the top three somewhere in one of these leagues and my league's free we can't we're not charging for it at all it's 15 bucks and you can win twelve thousand in my league and you can win you know whatever it is in my league and prizes and another whatever Jared conjures up in the outdoorsman Western <laughs> hunter league and you could win, you could win thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars for 15 freaking dollars for doing shit you're already doing. So that's my spill for hunt league. But you know, I've already chewed a couple of my buddies out. I'm like, dude, you would have won last year. Probably if you played, like if you didn't even play, if you just, whatever you want to call it, if you just participated, you, you would have killed me. I know that because you're in the woods more than I was and you killed just as much. So like it's, it's just insane. Um, the amount of people that aren't using the app that have a very good shot at winning. So, um, be, that is your fair warning. You guys, if you're not using the app, your odds are probably much greater than you think of, of winning this bear hunt or winning one of these other leagues. Yeah. You know, guy kind of closing stuff for me is, you know, we didn't say this earlier, but I, you were one of the first people to even find the app. I mean, I had done, <laughs> I, I, you know, I still about right. like paid <laughs> advertising. Yeah. Like there's never been any kind of like push for like marketing really with, with only I've been in like, I've been in like build it, build it, build it mode. Um, I think 2023 is when we'll kind of basically release it to the world. We'll have Android by then we'll have some kind of key partnerships, you know, like everything from conservation organizations to influencers to local shops. Cause like one of the things I'm so excited about is like, we're going to be able to have like your local meat processor, local taxidermy guy, they can host their own league, invite just their, the people that are already currently clients and do something like where they start connecting and building community within their own little circles. And that, that's the stuff that I get super excited about. And, you know, I've, I, I had somebody just create a league that's called like the wish again. It's like Wisconsin and Michigan league, you know, it's like just for, just <laughs> right, for right. those hunters. And, and I'm like the, the different creative ideas that we're going to start seeing. I mean, guy, you, you kind of grabbed, grabbed a hold and, and noticed the app, you know, and it's absolute infancy. We didn't have leagues. We didn't have stuff. We, it was basically like a hunting journal. You're straight up beta, had, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it still did something, but yeah. 
now, I mean, it's just, it's just leaps and bounds from where it was. And I, I can't thank you enough for, you know, just using, I mean, it, I know you were just getting your platform started too. So it's not like, Hey, we had these huge platforms, but like, I still will forever appreciate you inviting me on doing this even again, here we are two years later, inviting me on again to participate, just letting people know in your universe. Uh, you know, I, I think it'll be fun one day to have a, a Western fly cover league or a, or a, a Western contours league, you know, where people that are just in your own circle where you just have the ability to have, you know, connection with, with the people that follow you. So that's going to be, I, I love the evolution of this and I've just appreciated your support. Um, it means the world to me because man, I, I tell you what, it is hard doing what I've done with on league and just self-funding this yeah, buddy. dreaming, building this, being passionate about it. You know, like, I kind of hold on to this philosophy. If you don't quit, you'll win. And uh, I've had plenty of opportunities to kind of quit along the way because this <laughs> is nothing but tough. And uh, but I, I tell you what, like I wake up every day with more vision for it than I did the day before, and it, I'm seeing it come to life now. And I'm seeing how people are starting to use it, and it just—I mean—it just lights a fire in me. So I, I'm really, really excited about doing this bear hunting league about what's going to happen this yes. year. And then I think 2023 things are just going to be, you know, it's the glow just really off the hook fun. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and I appreciate you guys, you know, giving me kudos, but the reason that, you know, for me, at least the, the, the support, right. From, for both of you guys comes from one who you are, but then your passion for our demographic and what we do and why we do it is, is what, you know, lends itself to me, you know, just loving what both of you guys do. So as, and again, as, as short as I've been on hunt league as uh, one of the beta users, <laughs> I get in those damn elk woods, man. And I'm, I am like, I don't have nothing but time. I, you know what I mean? Like it sounds so fucking cliche. I hate saying it, right. We only have so many Septembers and, and I'm freaking oh, in my man. late forties now. Right. So I have even less Septembers. Right. And I'm a, and for all intents and purposes, I'm a new elk hunter, man. Still, when I get in the damn elk woods, dude, I don't want to do nothing but smell each piece of shit and break it open. And you know what I mean? Like just consume yeah. that data and that information. But I will say when I, when I am using it heavy and, and Garrett said it earlier, I, what I appreciate is I get to go back and go, fuck, what happened over there? Or what happened, you know, two weeks ago? What did I see? And how does that compare to right now? And get in there. And what I do is I dictate, just voice dictate into the notes um, and then attach that picture. And it's just, it's just phenomenal what it lends itself to. And it's super easy to use, like Garrett said. So, well, but I tell you, I tell you one of the things when it comes to that stuff is like the appreciation for it doesn't always come in the moment. The appreciation comes in the, in the months and years that follow and the ability, like I've been able to share hunt logs, specific hunt logs with GPS data, with people that are from out of state. And I'm like, look, I'm giving you a roadmap as to these, this is exactly where I was exactly where I saw things, you know, and, but being able to go back in and look, because it's not just about, we, I think we do a pretty good job of generally remembering we ran into elk in this area. But some of the stuff that we lose track of is like, was that the early part of the season or was that the later part of the season? Was that, was that what time, was that first light, an hour after light to, you know, like, was that in the afternoon, evening, like what exact time of day and, and all those little pieces 
that are actually critical pieces for success. Like what Garrett was saying, like, you know, with bears and where they are in the landscape, what elevations, what they're eating on. Like, I wouldn't think they'd be in this area. I was looking in this area, but like being able to create those notes and then seeing as the season begins to change, how you need to adapt and even taking into consideration things like how hot it was, how dry it was, how, because all those things change year to year and can have an impact on it. So that's where I just feel like, I feel like what I get bummed about is when people are like, man, I didn't, I didn't log and I forgot. And I'm like, man, it just breaks my heart. Cause I feel like you're just losing this mm-hmm. data. Like, <laughs> of like, right. This adds to your story in such a significant way. And like, I get being lost and totally entrenched in the hunt, but I'm also like, man, set yourself up for the, for every future hunt by starting to collect this stuff. Cause it's only going to pay dividends in the future. With that being said, right. That was, what are we in 2020? So my 2019 season, um, in 62, dude, I can go into that hunt league log for that, whatever amount of days I spent that year. And I can, literally walk each because i do them damn olympic rings right as i'm circling an area <laughs> i can literally walk to each spot and recall everything that i saw that year i haven't been there let's see i was in 71 last year so it's been two years and i can go back in there now right now because now it's only two hours away and not 18 um, <laughs> and i can walk those rub lines and those scat trails and you know what i mean and and you know, here's, here's a vicious ruddy rub versus this little, you know, velvet rub. And I can pick every single fucking tree out. Uh, and, and like, I was still there. It's, it's really a really, really good tool. Um, if you're using it, like you said, so, but no, I appreciate you guys getting on. I'm excited to see, um, how it transforms over the next year and very excited to see what comes out of this hunt. That's, that's a crazy, that's a crazy package. Uh, that's a lucky son bitch that wins that man. I hope it's someone that <laughs> has dull broad or sharp broadheads. Really. I, I would agree with Garrett. I, I want somebody that's going to soak up the knowledge that's hungry for knowledge. Um, and, and doesn't necessarily want the easy way out. They just want a little bit upper edge and a shake on it, but they want to just sponge up all that information that's going to be there for the taking. So I appreciate it, boys. I'll let, uh, we'll let Garrett get to the gym and then come back and cook dinner for Kim. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm probably stuck to going to the Peloton now. The gym's going to close here in about half an hour. So I'll, I'll be going to doing a home workout. <laughs> That's where the beer is going to come in, Jared. That's exactly. I'm going to throw my face. While he's pelotoning. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the new challenge. All right, All right boys. Guys, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Garrett, I'll talk to you soon. I'll get with Jim and uh, we'll get that rolling. Sounds good, man. All right, boys. We'll talk to you. Thank right, you thank very you. much. We'll talk to you later.